Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. And I want to get straight to it this afternoon because you know that famous ad that says it's worth waiting for. Well, the next while on Late Lunch, I promise you we're going to live up to that. Because you see, reaching the 50-year milestone in business is no mean feat. Yes, his footwear business on Trimgate Street has been the go-to shop for generations of families in Navin and beyond, the whole region in fact. And it's also regarded as a hub of GA matters in the Royal County for decades as well. I'm delighted he's joining me at long last on late lunch. Jack Kiernan, you are so welcome to the show. How are you, Jerry? I am good. Thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. Thank you, Jerry. Now, I have to begin at the beginning. Your family and you are steeped in this business, the shoe business. Tell us about your dad and where it all started. Yeah, my dad was Jack Kieran as well. And he came originally from Gravelstown, Carlinstown, Kells County Mead. He worked in Conlon's drapery and footwear shop in Kells for about seven years. And then he went out on his own and opened in the first shoe shop, his shoe shop in, Na- in Kells, Cross Street Kells in 1947. So you stretch back to 47, 47 yeah. from 2018. Yes. Oh, my word. Yeah. Isn't that some history in the well, business? Well, I think it is. He was it's a great fantastic. Man. Yes. So you learned, you, you worked with him in the shop, I didn't you? I worked with him. I served my time with him in the shop in Kells. I started in 64. And well, I was always in it a bit when I come home from secondary school during the holidays. I used to spend my time... Part with him there. With him there and helping him. But you say in apprenticeship, and it's funny, we're talking about apprenticeships on the show all this week. It's National Apprentice Week. Right. You did an apprenticeship. Oh, I did. Served me time. Yeah. Washed the windows, swept the floor, broke the boxes, <laughs> cleaned the place, learned a whole lot. So I did. Yes, I started at the very bottom, went up and opened the cartons and left the Wellingtons above the store and hail, rain or snow. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Those are memories, memories, aren't they? Oh, and I remember every bit of it. Yeah. Yeah, and enjoyed every bit of them. Now, come back before that. There were five in your family. You had two sisters and two brothers. And and the two brothers also? Also are in the shoe trade. Jim now is running the shop in Kells with his wife, Mary, and they run a very successful fashion shop selling ladies and men's shoes. Yes. And very big, they do a big fashion trade. Yeah. So Jim is there now, and I think he'll be there 
he'll be 50 years nearly next year. Oh, be God. Since he came in, yes. You better book him in, so. Better book him in. I, I think he came in in 69, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And your other brother? And other brother was Brendan. Yes. And Francis, we opened a shopping centre in Navin in 81. Yeah. I opened it and with... Um, and Brendan then came in to work with me okay. and he took her over then in 91. And he's retired and from he's the business. he's retired now from, from the, the business. business now. My God Francis. almighty, talk about these boots who are made for walking. walking. Yes. Um, you grew up in Kells and had a lovely, I know, childhood there. You went to school where? I went to school in the convent first yeah. for three years and then I went to the CBS in Kells, tough spot over in Beckdorf Street. Been five years there, six years there, from second class to sixth. And then I went to secondary school in Finians and Mullingar. You were a boarder? I was a boarder. And they were tough times. I went in in September and you came home at Christmas. You went back in January and you came home at Easter. And then the last term was the short term. Did you find it tough? Oh, I found it very tough. Did you miss home? I'd say I did. You know, you missed, mm. you did, you did, you did. And you missed your friends. Yes. I mean, you missed your buddies that you were after going to school with. Mm. And you only saw them at Christmas, but... Ah, uh, you, you enjoyed yourself when you came home then, so you did. And you got on with it? I did, got on with it, and it taught me a bit of discipline, and you got up, you were used to getting up early every morning, and it was, you were in a pattern. Mm. But it was a tough spot. You spent five years there. I spent five years there, and now, you know, it got me leaving over it, and mm. then I went on and spent two years in St. Columbans in Dagen Park. You went on to be I a priest? I went on to be a priest. Thought I was going to be a oh, cardinal Jack. or something. Yeah, oh, Jack. I, I've often heard, heard <laughs> yeah. that you, they say you could say mass, yeah, but well, I never knew. That. Now you know what I've meant. I, yeah. I, I never knew you actually stepped on the ladder. I stepped on the ladder. Yeah, yeah. So you did two years. I did two there. years, and and it just wasn't for you. No, was it wasn't that it? for me. Yeah. No, 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 no. But I enjoyed it, and I mean, I love going back to Dalgan. Yeah, I'm a member of the Past People's Union there, and I was actually back on it last Saturday for St. Columban's Day. The priest in Dalgan they invite us out mm. and for a meal and a mass and uh, we have a an AGM of yes. the past pupils. I'm sure your parents at the time, you know there was a priest in the family, yes. families were very proud if somebody oh, went to the priesthood. Was it when you, when you went to them and said... And was Yes. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But they got over, they were great. Mm. My dad was great and my mother was great now. She was Phyllis and she was a carty from Kells. Right. Originally a native as well mm. to the pub in Kells and... She'd be also a sister of um, Kathleen Muldoon that had the round tower in Kells as Okay, well. yes. Yeah, Well-known yeah. people well and business people, people in business the town. People. So that's why, that's why you were opening the boxes and cleaning the windows yes. and then when you came back from Dalgan that's Park, they said, this boy is this going boy to work. This boy is going to work, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So you spent then with your dad your apprenticeship. How did the Navin thing happen? And what year did you come to Navin? Um, the Navin thing happened after working in Kells. I, we we decided that we'd move on, and I said that we'd um, we'd open in Navin. We thought it was an opening in Navin. Now Tom Dunn had opened there. He had worked with my father in Kells for a good few years as well. And mm. Tom opened, and I happened to open it just across the road from in. It was originally Burke and Locks, Jerry Burke, who I rented the place off at the start, and I consequently bought it in 1975, and um, I started there up to the church and. The rest is history. The rest is history. It was a tough old time do, at the do start. You, do you remember? Yeah, but you, oh, I do. you had your dad, which, you know, yes, to he mentor was a great, you. He was a great help to me. Yes. Yeah, great mentor. But what, what do you recall of those early days oh, when you opened the shop? I loved it. 
But I remember, would you believe I sold my first pair of shoes at half four that morning? On the Friday morning at half four, a fella coming from an out in the Russell Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I leave him nameless in case he says he's still alive. Actually. Is he? Yes, he's still alive. He's a Kelsman. He came in. He bought a pair of shoes. Me at half four. Now. He hardly has the shoes still. Yeah, no. he hardly has the shoes still. <laughs> so he was on his way. He was on his way home from an outing. And, and, and we, you weren't open at that stage. I you? was still cleaning up and getting the windows ready. So that's why I was there at half four in the morning. Half four in the morning. Yeah, but it was different times. There was no. I drove home then. Had a shower and came back at half nine to open the shop. I tell you what, I was in bed that night at half nine. I was jagged. <laughs> and I came home the Friday evening after often, yeah. I remember my mother, I nearly fell asleep at the fireplace, so I did, yeah. I don't think yeah. there's anyone had a sale like that. Before that, you even before opened the I doors, opened, I had a you'd sale. made the first. Yeah, the first. you know, that set you on your way. When you opened up, that those early days, those early weeks, did the business, did it, did no, it happen? No, it was tough. Was it? Oh, by God, it was tough because you had four or five shoe shops in Navin at the time. But I was the young fella coming in. But it was good. It took a while. And, ah, you got a few even from Kells that used to call in. And as they used to say, that did Hansel you. That was the way they just called in to say, oh, you to buy something small. Or. Yes. But people were very good. Slowly we built it up then. Mm. Took a while. And then we, um, 60, we started to concentrate on sports and got a sort of, um, would have had known... Um, Mead boys from the 67 team. Yes. The likes of Pat Reynolds and Jack Quinn and Matthew right. Kerrigan. And they came they to you, They came. Didn't they? And they yes. were a big support to me now. Yeah. Yeah. Our own Matty. Our By own God, Matty. we say hello oh, yes, to this afternoon. Of course. Man. A brilliant co commentator on yes. all things Mead yeah, but Matty, no, he was brilliant. But that was important to you because that was important when to me. these people were coming, they were giving yeah. you the thumbs yeah. up. Yeah. They, they were very important to me because Mead then reached a learned final in 1970. Yeah. And we had the Kelsman and Joe Murphy now and and um, then the Fays, Mickey Faye. Yeah. And all those. I mean, he'd be an uncle now. A Darren Faye that played for me, then Jimmy Faye. Yes. All of those. All Ireland mm. later on. Mm. But Mickey now that day, he, he had a great day against Offaly. Mm. So we were 20 or 12 or 14 points down at half time. He's into the sport already the sport and I'm still, already. I'm, still, still in, I'm still in my shoes yeah. and I'm on the ground <laughs> and he's out on the field already. Hold that back for a second. We're going to get okay. into that in a few minutes. Stay with the business for a minute. It did pick up and you got going and you started to build this regular custom. When you think about it, there were a number of shoe shops in Navin, but you hadn't got the big stores. There was no, no. online no. jack no. that you have today. No. It's a very different world. It's a completely it? different world now, Jerry. Yeah. I mean, the online is a big part of the business now, mm. you know. And um, But we believe still that personal service is the whole thing. Yeah. I really do. The customer is always right. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you have to give the service. And I find that they are coming back. I mean, I have people now that even when we started that um, the fathers come in, mm. the mothers come in. Now, those sons are coming in to me yeah. and daughters. And would you believe even grandchildren? <laughs> Yes. Isn't it great? Isn't it hey, great? hey, come here. Tell them about the pencil. Oh yes, the pencils is most important. Very. We always gave the pencils out from the early sixty-eight, seventy. We always bought a box of pencils, and we used to buy cartons of pencils then. And so each shoe, when we'd be the children's shoes, we we give out the pencils. And you still do it. We still do it. Yes. 
And Louise, your daughter, I want to say, is with you here today yes. and we welcome her. She's with us here in studio. Not taking the, the focus at all. She told me it's Dad's Day. Uh. But Louise was saying to me that you, 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 you get a bit of a joy bin about this, even at that. We'll go back to the football for a minute. Oh, yeah. We'll be slagging I mean, you. Do the, about I the mean, pencils. I if, if I'm coming over, we'll say Park Talton or if you're going to make rhymes afterwards for maybe an odd pint, you'll get some of the... Lassies are fellas to be slagging and they in their 30s and 40s have you a pencil with you. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to take that away. Absolutely. Sure, I enjoy it, so it's great. But you know what I think that yeah. is? That endorses you as the legend you are, Jack well, Kiernan, in my book. Anyway, yeah. It does indeed. It does. Back then when you were starting up and into, say, the 60s, you started late 60s into the 70s, I take it you were buying shoes that were made in Ireland. Oh, then, yeah. Right? Sure, I used to go over that time to... Clarks were based in Dundalk, mm. and then I used to get the football boots from Eddie Connolly's. Yes, they were the manufacturers. Yeah, the board, the, the boot that boots the ball was the ad he used to have. Yeah, big hard toe boots. You had to nearly soak them in before you put them on. You need a big steel toe on them. Yeah, <laughs> big change now from the Puma boots oh and the Adidas. God, what yeah. a change! And and no but Irish built it up. Yeah, yeah. no Irish shoe manufacturers. Oh, there was today. Wheelings manufacturers that them in Coot Hill. Yes. And then there was another crowd in Monaghan as well. Oh, there was a few. They there were was, there at that yeah, stage. Boylands were well known. I know Boylands as well. Boylands, yes. I remember yeah. doing a project on them for college once. But today there's none. Oh, there's none. No, They're gone. No, All that's gone, gone. Gone. All you have now are the wholesalers. Mm. You know, you have. We have still have Whelan's now, which is great. Yes. Eden Hill, Martin Whelan and Connie Whelan mm. and Vincent Whelan. They'll be sons of Jerry. Yes. Yeah, they make the Irish dancing pumps. Oh, yes. And the Inish And Free. they're still there they're today. They're still there. Anyway, he's going to be still here in three minutes after the break and with us even further. Jack Kiernan is with me on Late Lunch today. If you want to send him a message, 1850 is the phone number or you can text me directly or WhatsApp us to 86 you're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Jack Kiernan's in the hot seat this afternoon. Hey, they like you. Do you know this? <laughs> I don't know about this. They Jerry. really like you. Can I read some of these messages that are coming to us? Uh, Jerry, it's just great to hear the legendary Jackie Kiernan on LMFM. I want to wish him all the very best. That comes from Eddie McCormick. Do you oh, know, know that fellow? Well, yes. Do you know that, that fellow? A very uh, decent man. Best wishes to Jack and family. A great obliging businessman and his super daughter Louise from even Pat Wardick and all the oh. Simonstown ladies players. Oh, yes. They're listening to you this afternoon. What a gentleman, Jerry. Oh, I'm so thrilled you have him on the show today. I think that comes in from Gabriel there. And so on and so on they go. We'll come back to those now in a moment. Let me ask you this. You had some very famous people from Navin who came to you from sh- for shoes. You mentioned the footballers. But what about all the radio and TV and oh, showbiz yeah, well, stars? I mean, sure, we'd have... Um, Hector is a great old friend of mine. And he went to school in St. Pat's. Tommy Tiernan went to school in St. Pat's would have bought his school shoes off which me, is well with me um, Hector comes back to you oh, Hector he? does come back and every time he's in Navin he'd always call in and say hello Jaxie how are you doing and full of life yes but he's a lovely guy yeah and his actually his other brother calls in to me Mark as well but be a brother because I was very they were neighbours of mine next door Kyogre and Carty's yes Mickey his dad okay Trina yeah, yeah his mother Dylan Moran Dylan Moore, yes. Oh, a yes. name dropping now. I'm oh, we are name dropping, dropping for sure. Like that. 
But I mean, you can't beat the Kells people when you think of it because his mother is from Kells. Yes. Linda. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Do you see this man? Shoeman to the stars, <laughs> this man, Karen, and there's no doubt about that. And the other one, Blonded. We read about oh, the ladies yes. as well. Blonded and Kofi. I met Blonded last year at the award ceremony, and yeah. I was a bit, that was a big shock to me, a big surprise. Tell them what they awarded you. The award for a lifetime achievement. Yes. yes. They did indeed. I couldn't believe it, Terry. <laughs> I was looking around the table to see who was. <laughs> I never knew a thing about and it. And she's you, they're talking they're about talking me. They're talking about me. I was only when I copped then. So I met her, and I remember Blonde going to secondary school in Navin. She was from mm. Ratcarn. Yes. She's a brilliant lady. Now tell me this you are a shoe man to the bone, it flows yes. through your veins. What do you love in a pair of shoes? What well, do I love in yes, a pair of shoes? Comfort. That's the but most that, important see, to thing. To me, it is because um, I suffer out problems with the feet. I've old leg ulcers. Yeah. And I have to get them dressed twice a week. And to do that for me, I was in the clinic in Johnston. A very okay. good, lovely girl. Yes. There. Yeah. I, I can't, but I have to mention the nurses there. They look after so you so Anna well. Yeah. On you. Yeah, they're brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, comfort is alive. the thing. Comfort is the main thing with me. But the trade we're doing now, it has changed. Yes. We will be doing an awful lot of comfort shoes for men and ladies. Yes. Yeah. We don't do as big a children's trade as we did because we find that it has changed a bit. But we do the sports trade, a big sports. Yes. Where you know I'm into that. And we supply the jerseys to a lot of the local clubs as well. Knicks and socks. Mm. You know, Mahoney's now and Simon's Town. So that's another aspect to your business as well. Dundery and, yeah. If you had a brand issue over the years, think about from when you started. Yes. One that you'd say, you know something, that was a very special shoe made by that company. Is oh, the, without a doubt, Clark's. A Clark shoe? Clark's shoe, still the best. Really? Yeah, I think so. Even for ladies and for men. Yeah. And it's the one shoe I can recommend to guys, especially, and mm. they come back and they'll buy the same shoe in different colours and they'll buy it in the slip-on style or a lace style. Right. But they'll stick to the one shoe because they have got the wear out of it. So I can recommend it, Jerry. Well, there you heard it today. Yeah, Clark's shoes Clark's from the man shoes. that knows. You know when money was tight? And very tight it was. And, you know, you've yeah. you've seen how many yeah. depressions and, mm-hmm. and booms as well. Do people then hang on to the shoes for longer? Would you see less of them when times are tough? Well, when times were tough and... Uh, you see, at that stage in the late 60s and early 70s, we used to run a uh, a book system. A club? A club. Well, even a better than a club, it was just we used to give the shoes out and people would pay us. Pay on Every them. week. But only we, but we give them the shoes. We wasn't, oh, and yes. They were, so we were trusting the people. So you'd get the shoes and have the wear of them and you'd pay off on you'd them. You'd pay off on them. Not like a club where you gather the money and then you buy the no, shoe. No, no. The other we way around. to give them out. And would you have lots of people? Lots of people. Lots of, I mean, they never let us down. Genuinely people, down through the years, you know, they um, got the shoes from us and we we kitted out our family. Mm. And they came in every week to us religiously on a Friday or on the the following week. But they never let us down. You'd have an odd mishap here and there, but... You, you just put it down to experience, so you would. And that was important they for your business. The yeah, they yeah. were called, yeah, they were the books. I have them yeah. at home, old books. <laughs> with na- famous names in them and yeah. infamous names yeah. in them. And, yeah, but people never let us down. 
I found it great, and yeah. um, people always came back to you then. Yes, you know, you got repeat business got from repeat them business and out of it, and yeah. um, their, even their kids came back then. Okay. They appreciated the bit of work we did for them by giving them the bit of credit, as used to say. The comments are belting in here for this man by text and WhatsApp. I'll read one more just before we go to news at two, and then we're going to come back, and we are going to talk to him about the football. They want me to talk. We are going to talk about the football, I promise you. Uh, a true Royal Gale, the most friendly and helpful gentleman you could ever find. Continued good health and success to you, Jack, and your family. See you at all the Mead Games in 2019 from Caroline Burke and Beliver. Oh, yeah. Say hello to Caroline. Hello, Caroline. <laughs> Thank you very much, Caroline. Yes. We're going to head to a break. It's sport and more with Jack Kiernan after two. Jack Kiernan is with me on Late Lunch this afternoon and we've been talking about his legendary shoe business. He's 50 years in business in Navin this year. And of course, I did mention earlier on, his association with the GAA in Mead is legendary. Listen to this. None other than Graham Geraghty has been on to us uh, to say, great to hear you uh, on the radio today. What a legend. Jerry you have with you on the show he's been a great friend over the years to myself and the Mead team and that's from Graham this afternoon coming to you Thank you Graham. how are you doing? I hope you're keeping well. He is indeed. And as fit looking as ever. Oh my God, that is a fit man. What about this one? Congrats to Jack, family and staff from the boys in Sharky Sports in RD High. No. <laughs> They've been on Very there good. to say hello yeah, to you. Yeah. They've crossed the border. They've, They've crossed, crossed the, the Rubicon yeah. to say yeah. hello to you on that one this Thanks afternoon. Thanks very much, lads. <laughs> listen, listen to this. Listen to this. Great to hear Jacksy as he's known Jack's in Navin. Uh, I've been shopping in his shop for 40 years and I I would love to wish him good health for many years to come. That comes in from Jerry Yates oh, yes, this afternoon yes. to you. Hi, Jerry, says Bridget. My friend emigrated to Canada. She bought shoes in Kiernan's uh, before going and they were stolen the first night in Canada. Now, if you're looking for a refund or a replacement <laughs> pair of shoes, sorry, nah, he's generous and he loves everybody, but we just can't stretch it that far. You know what I mean? Anyway, let's talk about the football for a wee while. Did you ever play yourself? Played a bit, Jerry. Mm. Played a bit in um, before I went to Finians and Moningar, and played a bit for Finians as well. But wasn't good enough, right? Yeah, I just went down and I played a bit in Dagen, but wasn't good enough footballer okay. to make it. You know, so that's why I started to follow football. But I had a great interest in the football. Yes, in the you Gaelic. are listening to an honest man on late lunch today. If only politicians would answer questions <laughs> like that man is after answering me, wouldn't this be a great country? Anyway, your following of me began in 1954. You were only 10. 10. It started then, started didn't then. it? Started then. My father brought me to the Mead Games and I remember we had a great Mead a Kells player on that me team that won the Ireland in 54 Michal Grace from Kells the Lord of Mercy mm. a wonderful footballer mm. I mean I remember them well and Sean Muldoon was on that yes. team as well that was, that, that was some year 54 54 was a great because that was a Kerry team oh. and they were favourites to win that yes. Ireland yes oh to beat Kerry and in an All-Ireland to beat Kerry was wonderful so that's where it began that's for you in 54, really, following them. And then on into the 60s and beyond. And you've been with them ever since. You've been up and down the country. You've seen great success, you have oh, to I, say, I, haven't I, you? I was you blessed. Oh. oh, I always say it to everybody. I used to say it there when we, when Sean came, Sean Boylan. I mean, the man that's really revolutionised me mm. football. 
Liverpool himself and um, Fintan Guinnessy. As chairman. Liam Craven as secretary. Mm. They were brilliant men. What a team. What a They were the best team ever, to mm. tell you the truth. And the success followed. It yes. did. It's and proven. We Then we got Noel Keating in the Lord of Mercy from Keypack. Yeah. So that to the, support it to then. Support as well. it then. And I mean, that's where the story really began. Sean came in in 83 and we won the Centenary Cup in 84. Beat Monaghan in the final that year. And I remember there was a huge crowd at that game. And people thought it was never going to be a big crowd. And then we made the breakthrough in 86. We beat Dublin by two points in a wet day in the Leinster final. And, and we didn't give a damn whether no. it was wet or dry. No. It was <laughs> lovely. It was sweet. <laughs> and do you know something? Mick Lyons sat in that very seat with me a few years back. And he pinpointed that day oh, and no. that victory yeah. as the one that made me believe. Yes. That oh, they yeah. could. They could, Yes. Rather than beaten the year before in 85, yes. below in Tullamore by Leash. Mm. But I mean, they were mighty men, mm. you know what I mean? They were leaders. Jerry McEntee, um, Mick Lyons, yeah. Colin O'Rourke. So where would you get the lead? You know, yes. They were men, they were the, I mean, as they proved today, so they're leaders now and they're in, the in, their, in their respective fields today. Now, Isn't it funny you say that now, as well? That game, that Leinster final oh, yeah. sticks with you as the one. If I was to say, you know, Sean had a number of great teams and players and the success that happened. Does any one game stick in your mind? I know you mentioned that Leinster final. Any other one stay with you? Oh, well, I think, without a doubt, the four games in 91. With Dublin. Oh, with Dublin. Mm. I mean? So that made Crow Park, as far as we are concerned, well... well Probably people be saying, oh, that's typical Mead for it to be saying that. But I mean, 250,000 people went to those games. And that was the first round game. Yeah. Should be unheard of today. Absolutely. Because, I mean, you know, you had to play it. It went to extra time. I mean, it, it revolutionised everybody. Mm. It changed the life. I mean, we were going to Crow Park for four Sundays, three Sundays in a row, and then the following Saturday. Saturday yeah. The last Saturday. And I remember... It was the first time in my life I closed my shop on a Saturday. It was unheard of. <laughs> unheard of, because I remember going to see Sam Black, who was a friend of mine. He was a butcher and avid. So we have to go to the game. We're not going to miss this game. And we won the last game. Yeah. And as you remember, sir, and I mean, the game nearly over. We got the goal and, yes. won and scored the winning point then from Jinxie Beggy. Mm. You'll never see that oh, again. Oh, you never again. You'll oh, never I'm, see that. I'm delighted I saw it. Yes. Thank God. Who was your favourite Mead player? Have Have you someone? If you were to pick one of them, I know you're putting no, me on the spot. That, you don't want me to do that. I don't do want you? to do that. No, I don't. Want that. I you mean, named a couple there already. Uh, well, I, oh yeah, without a doubt. Column, uh, column, and Mick Lines, Mick, Jerry Mack, mm. Martin O'Connor. Yes. Oh, class act. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a class act. Team mm. of the century. He mm. deserved every bit of it. Yes. Brian Staff. Yeah. yeah. And then, without a shadow of a doubt, on the next teams that came then, you'd have to mention Tommy Dowd, mm. Trevor Giles. Oh, what a player. What a player. Yeah. And then the best, I think still one of the best players we've I've ever seen playing for Mead, Graham Garrity. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. And he's been... He was class. He's been on today yeah. to say uh, yeah, but what he, he says he, about you. He, yeah, was, he was brilliant. Mm. So, I mean, even Alex Ferguson, he was over, at I think, at the 94 Leinster final. Yeah. 
and we were beating about I mean Gerrard he was brilliant that day Outstanding. It was a class apart mm. yeah yeah there's so many you could pick I know that yeah, in so many yeah. teams and there big are. games as well yeah, there were, and, but there were lovely guys and there were great and the whole lot of them on the team mm. you know what I mean yeah John Paddy Reynolds following his father Pat Reynolds Pat Reynolds won in All Ireland in 67 and yeah. Paddy came along one then and won them then in 96 and 99. Yes. What a record, you know. Unbelievable. But Sean Boylan was the man. He unearthed it and he got them going. Yeah. And he got the best out of fellas. Mm. You know, fellas won our Ireland in different positions. Mm. Sometimes a corner back, sometimes a corner forward. Yeah. Won two our Ireland medals. Now tell me this. Next year it'll be 20 years since Mead won in all Ireland. That's right. Also 20 years. 20 years. Yeah, 99. I can't believe it, sir. Does that puzzle you that they haven't figured at, at some stage in that? Well, it does up to a point. 90, we were beaten then in 2001 by Galway in a bit unfortunate circumstances um, because we got Ollie Murphy injured and we missed a penalty and a few things went against us. And then Sean left, I mean, in 2005... And it took us a while then. We had it's hard to replace. It was hard to replace a legend like him, yeah, you see. But yeah. we're the, the, the other teams then were, the guys that came in afterwards were unfortunate. Mm. But we didn't look after, I think, the underage. Do you see, we thought the clubs would keep giving us the likes of Trevor Giles and Graham mm. Gersey and Colin O'Rourke, do you see? But they didn't. Didn't happen. Didn't but happen. my God, now but we now have to say. Now we're coming on now. You I'm are. delighted now. Yes. yes. I'm delighted these young bunch... But there's great guys under the under-13s, 14s, 16s, and then the 17s got their learning semi-finals. Yes. You know what I mean? And then we have a good bunch of under-20s as well. Yes. So, so I think the future, I'm hopeful. I'm looking forward to it, to tell you the truth. Isn't that yeah. brilliant? Isn't that I really brilliant? I really am looking forward to it. Now, for all your love of the GAA and how much yeah. they love you, they did the dirt on you in Killarney. Oh, they did the dirt on me in Killarney, but it was my own fault myself now. We, we hired a train from Navin, would you believe, and filled it with 450 people. We got the train up to Houston and then down to Killarney and um, I was organising everything on the way back to make sure everybody was on. I had me two kids with me, I had me three kids with me and I hopped off with Jesus at the, at the, at the station itself, at the, at the thing itself, because I thought the two of them had hopped off. Okay. You thought they were off I the train? I thought they were off the frigging train and I got off looking for them. And Jason, your man put the red flag up and I said, hold on for a second. The next one, I could see the two of them out the window looking at me and they waving at me. <laughs> John and Sharon and I, Jesus. So I had to wait there. And You were left behind. I was left behind and I said to your man, Jason, he said, there's nothing I can do, I can't stop it for you now. He said, it's gone. So I got the next train, which was the team train, oh. which was mighty cracking ah, the way back. You see that? With the slagging I got on the way back from Lines and all the boys and <laughs> Roke and McEntee. And so, I mean, I got plenty of abuse, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so I got the back then and then Finton Guinnessy and Liam Craven gave me a lift back to now. <laughs> and my family and Eileen, my wife and three kids were waiting for me at the fair green because I had the keys of the house. <laughs> So, couldn't get in. Couldn't get in. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
that I'm was like, my God. story. So, so that's what <laughs> Conum Keys had written in Independent. Jackson finds a new station in life. Yes. yes. Now let me read some more of these lovely messages that are coming to us. Hi guys, I just want to say a big hello to Jack. What a lovely, lovely man he is. I remember getting my first pair of school shoes from him in 1985. Uh, my mum hadn't much money, but Jack said, pay a pound a week and uh, when when you could. Pay a pound, listen to this, pay a pound a week when you could, but insisted that I wore the shoes and I had them for three years. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jack Kiernan, and I'm so glad you're keeping well. Isn't that a lovely message Thank coming very much. Uh, this afternoon to us? And, and, and there's more there as well. Uh, where was that? I don't know. I was looking for, um, where was it? Uh, I'll get it now in a minute. There's more. Oh yeah, here's one coming on WhatsApp. What a true gentleman. Remember the first shoes I bought in his shop? <laughs> I'll never, ever forget it. Great to hear you, Jack the airwaves today don't have a name with that one but it's coming to me and there's more and more coming in there as I speak now tell me this uh, you are involved or what are you are you a trustee or a a member of Navin is it the tennis club I am I'm a trustee of the of the Navin tennis club yeah did you play tennis I did and loved it and wasn't bad at it. I was handy enough now. Yes. Wouldn't was, have been great, but I was good enough. Oh, I was cute enough. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a great game. Legs, it? A great game. It is. And I loved it. I used to go playing doubles. So I was involved with the tennis club in um, the 90s. Yeah. We, um, Tom O'Gorman was president now, and Donald Woods, they were great men. So we ran a draw, one of those £100 draws, which was unheard of at the time, for the tennis club. And we... Tom and myself and Donald were the people involved in the committee and we had great women selling the tickets. Mm. I must say they were brilliant. Now, they thought they'd never sell one yes. and they sold over a hundred. They were brilliant. So we bought the tennis club from the grounds from the rugby club, which were our neighbours next door. Mm. And so that, that fed up four lovely courts there now yes. and they've now the new committee there and they're very good, have built on... Um, um, a clubhouse as well. Fantastic. And Louise plays tennis. Yeah. My Louise, yeah. and she's very good. Great. Yes. So we better watch out for her. She'll be in a special sports interview. Yeah. That's the next <laughs> thing we'll be setting up for her. Anyway, you're looking great. You're looking forward all the time. Yes, you have next to year with me and yeah. the business going well. Yeah. And all's good with Jack Kieran. All's good with Jack Kieran. Can say no more, can you? Thank you very much. Thank you so much thank for so doing much. us the honour of joining me on Late Lunch yeah. this afternoon. I've no, really enjoyed our conversation. And thanks very much, Jerry. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Jack. Not at all. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Jack Kiernan with us on late lunch and he just wanted me to mention his wonderful staff, Bernie, Margaret, Colm and John. He said he forgot to mention them when he was here and I'm only too delighted to say hello to them this afternoon and he thanks them for all their wonderful work and loyal service and he really, really appreciates them. And thanks again to Jack Kiernan for a a beautiful interview on the show this afternoon. Now, uh, on the way into work this morning, I normally have a little chat with our Seamus, Seamus Farley and he of course knows I'm an angler and he said, 
Jerry, did you see what's happening on the boy at Slane? What, Seamus? Oh my God, he said I was down there yesterday. And the salmon are pouring over the, the weir there as they run up river. Peter Whelan from Whole Hog sent me the pictures. And uh, today we posted them uh, on our social media on LMFM. And there have been lots of people up to Slane Bridge to look at the phenomenon. I'm joined on the line by a man who is our number one scientist when it comes to fishery, fisheries and fishing. He's a brilliant angler. He's written books. He's made documentaries. He's appeared on radio. Professor Ken Whelan, fisheries consultant, is on the line. Hello, Ken. Hi, Jerry. Nice to talk to you again. Nice to talk to you too. Well, Ken, this is Mother Nature, yes? Absolutely. And uh, it certainly isn't the first time that this has happened um, because in previous drought years, the really severe years when you get those very long periods of very warm water, invariably what happens is the fish get delayed and they get delayed a lot longer than people think. And it's normally around this time of the year that people actually begin to see just how many fish have been held back as a result of drought years. And Ken, those fish that are running across the Slane Weir now heading for the spawning grounds, where would they have been holding out? In the pools in the river or out at sea? Well, what tends to happen is that uh, luckily for them, uh, the area where you have the sea meeting the, o- uh, the ocean in the estuaries, that tends to have quite a low salinity, so there's not a lot of salt in it. And that does them quite well in terms of an area where they can hold up. So normally their physiology is such that if they make the transition into fresh water, they really find it very difficult to go back out into salt water, whereas sea trout can do, can do it very quickly. So what the salmon tend to do in particular, they tend to stay in the upper estuaries and they tend to hang out there for much longer periods than people think. And there's a little, there's a little uh, louse that naturally appears on wild salmon called the, the salmon louse. And that little louse only lives in salt water. And fish coming up that have been um, in the estuaries for quite a period of time can often have these little lice on them. So we know they've been in some sort of salt water as such for quite a long period of time. Now, there's lots of fish crossing the weir and they're darker in colour. You know, people say a salmon is silver. I know when he runs in first, but these fellas are taking on that uh, brownie colour. That's to do as well with the spawning time and the time of year, isn't it? That's right, yeah. They take on, I mean, I'm just looking out my window here at the most beautiful colours in the trees in the back garden. So they take on all those lovely russets and the browns and the oranges that you see in the trees. And those sort of colours tend to appear on the sides of the salmon. And when you think about it, when you think the colour of a brown trout, um, really that's all to do with camouflage. And if they were bright, bright silver in fresh water, they'd be very, very obvious to any sort of predators. Mm. When they're at sea and when they're very silvery, if you were a predatory fish and you were underneath, if you, and if you, even if you were a seal and you were underneath, looking up against very bright light at a very silver object in a blue sea, it's actually very difficult for them to see them. So that's why they have the silver coat. And they lose that silver coat when they come into fresh water. And the few fish then that survive and go back out to sea, some of them do, and they get silver again on their way back out. So the whole thing has been very well designed by nature. Isn't it just brilliant? Now, the run is on at the moment. How long, Ken, will this continue for? I take it there are more fish to come. And what happens from here as they cross the weirs and head up the River Boyne? Now, there are, there, there are some complications at this stage, and certainly when I ran the research station that I ran for many years in the west of Ireland, we were beginning to see a trend where because the oceans and the fresh water, because both are getting a good bit warmer, sometimes the salmon are getting confused. So um, in terms of how long it will last, 
that actually is very different uh, in comparison to some years ago. Mm. So generally what happens is that the fish will run up now. They'll run up in a great big peak of a run. Normally they'll spawn around Christmas Day and then the spawning is finished by early January. But um, sometimes um, we're finding that the winter temperatures in the rivers in particular are quite high. And the fish need a drop in temperature to actually bring, bring them on to spawn. So that means that you can get a much more protracted run now than you used to get. So really, the fish that are coming up the bind now, some of them may end up actually spawning maybe around February time when we do, well, certainly late January, we do get a very big drop in temperature. But it it's really is a variable feast, and it depends on conditions. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hopefully... From the salmon's point of view, we get a good, severe cold snap, lots of frosty nights in December, and that will mean that the run will actually be on time, the fish will spawn successfully. And is it true to say that, you know, thousands run, many don't make it from their feeding grounds off Greenland and that for various reasons that you and I have talked about before, and that's for a, a chat another day, but it doesn't take a, a massive amount of salmon, does it, to sustain the species in a river, or am I incorrect there? No, you're absolutely spot on, Jerry. And what people, and often it's scientists like me that people fight with over this, um, because when people ask us the question like how many fish uh, will I need in my river we're thinking about what you have absolutely put your finger on we're thinking about how many fish are needed to sustain the stock but for anglers like yourself and myself what we're looking for is plenty of extra fish so there's plenty of fish about and we catch plenty but in reality a modest number of fish in a river can actually do an incredible job at making sure that there are plenty of juvenile fish in it um, Obviously, if you have a bigger number of fish, genetically it's more healthy because you have a much greater chance that fish that aren't related will spawn and so on. But in principle, a modest number of fish can actually do a great job in actually uh, laying eggs and producing loads and loads of juvenile salmon. But as I say, that's quite a different 
situation to a situation where people are expecting fish to catch them on the rod or indeed in the old days to catch them in a net. We needed those populations to be generating a surplus of fish. And that's uh, the problem at the moment. They're just not generating those big surpluses. And of course, these fish heading back to the little tributaries and streams where they were born themselves and uh, they're going to spawn there now. The female will lay the eggs in the red and the male will come up beside her and fertilise them as she's laying. And then the story begins again. But for the boyne and its catchment, Ken, and I know you are a scientist and you've studied this for many years and you're well aware of it. The river has been closed to taking salmon now here for oh many, many years. Do you ever see a day, and I know it's a type of leading question, I don't know whether you can answer or not, that that might change? Well, I think it will change, but the problem is the length of the cycle of the fish. Um, You'll remember that in 2007, a very tough decision was made whereby the mixed stock fisheries, which was mainly done by drift nets at sea, that was closed down. Mm. And I remember getting a phone call from a friend of my dad's, and he was an oldish man at the time. And he said to me, they're going to close the Slaney next year, Ken. And I said, I know that. And he said, do you think I'll ever see a time when I'll be able to go down and fish the Slaney and bring a nice salmon home for my dinner? And I can remember I was quite choked up and giving him the answer because I knew he wouldn't be around for that. Mm. Um, because the cycle of a grilse, these fish, the smaller salmon that are running to spawn now, is four complete years. From the time the eggs actually go in in December, it'll take four years before the next generation are up and spawning. For the bigger salmon, and the boyne used to be famous for bigger salmon, it's five or six years. So in the case of the Slaney, when it was closed, I remember doing an estimate, and it was around 30 to 40 years it was going to take um, to try and get those populations even close to where they had been before the problems really hit. So in reality, it takes a long time for these rivers to actually recover. And you've the added problems on the Boyne, of course, uh, with the drainage, where a lot of the rivers, when the drainage was complete, were devoid of a lot of gravel. There's great work being done now in putting back in some of the gravels. But it all takes time, and unfortunately, it's a very, very slow business. Well, all we can say today is, Ken, forget about taking them. Just enjoy them. Go and take the pictures like our friends have been doing and watch Mother Nature in action on our doorstep. I couldn't agree more. I was with a group of families. I was making a small film on the River Tyne this time of the year, two years ago. And we stood together at a weir on the River Tyne watching these absolutely magnificent creatures jump out of the water. And every time they jumped, the kids were clapping. And I got the most fantastic video. And it really is a spectacle that people think you're only going to see in Canada. Not at all. Get in your car and go down to the Boyne today and see those magnificent fish in action. Ken, it's lovely to talk to you. We'll talk again soon, please, God. All Thank right, you for Jerry, joining me. Take you. care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Professor Ken Whelan there, fisheries consultant and one of our foremost uh, fisheries scientists. It's happening on the Boyne at the minute. Go and enjoy it. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Let's talk business. Yes, we are going to on late lunch for the next while and each month at least once going forward. Yes, a new feature on your afternoon chat show starting today in association with Drogheda Chamber and the Mill Enterprise Centre in Drogheda. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show the two people who... uh, 
brainwaved this with me many, many months ago. Shona McManus is with us, President of Drogheda Chamber and owner of Osborne Recruitment. Brendan Casey is here. He's Business Development Manager with The Mill. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show the first business we're going to feature today. Aidan McKee is here. He's Chief Human Resources Officer with Water Wipes. You're all very welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Well, Shona, I suppose a year ago nearly we we had a wee chat about this, didn't we? And here we are today. It's come to fruition. Maybe you tell listeners, what, what are we planning to do in this series? Okay. So, well, the first thing is that we want it to be a regular feature and it's a feature that's going to showcase business in our region, in this area. So not just Drogheda, but also in our neighbouring, in the whole area, up into Dundalk and across the border into the Meath areas. <laughs> <laughs> our quite close border. Yes. Um, so to showcase businesses, and I suppose between myself and the team in the chamber and the team in the mill, something we're very, very passionate about is is the business community, how fantastic the business community is, the wonderful businesses that we do have, the stories, and we don't feel that they get out enough, that we talk positively enough. Sometimes we can home in on the negative too much. We really want to get those positive stories across. Um, this region, the M1 corridor and out into the Meads, even the Monaghan, the Cavan areas, it's so highly entrepreneurial. It's a very ambitious area. There's fantastic businesses located here, both from the startup organisations right through to Irish indigenous businesses, through to multinationals that have come in with FDI via the IDA and all. Um, So we really want to showcase those businesses and really to put this area on the map as an excellent place to do business and to live and to work. I think that is just the most brilliant pitch I've ever heard. Thanks, Jerry. We're on on our way now. (laughs) Brendan, you're welcome. Thank you for joining us again today. Of course, the mill, uh, part and parcel of this as well. Shona mentioned about yourselves there, that your sort of incubation down there. It's a wonderful success story, isn't it? It's going very well, Jerry. Uh, coming up to the fifth anniversary, um, officially opened in May 2014. So we now house about 30 companies with about 80 employees. So it's going really well. We have a very strong board, same as the Chamber, have a very strong council. And I know Shona mentioned showcasing businesses, but the other thing that we want to do on this show is actually provide some advice. So a lot of times I'll have companies in the mill and I might direct them to some of the board members or I might direct them to a chamber member. You know, if somebody has an issue, generally uh, there's another business in the area that has yeah. overcome that issue. And, you know, so for instance, today it could be talking about exporting or uh, banding a product. Um, and a lot of times that goes under the radar, you know, so I might tell somebody to go to the chamber, uh, that might go to one of our board members and only that company knows. So this is an opportunity to, I suppose, spread that information and I suppose provide advice uh, as well as showcasing companies. That is so important. That's mm-hmm. what we want to do here. We want to pick the brains of the businesses without giving away their absolute, you know, inner secrets and how they've been successful, etc. But I know what you're saying, Brendan. We will use this to get people to tell their story and what they've faced in terms of challenges, how they've overcome those and maybe little vignettes of uh, information and tips and that about how if you're listening today and you're in business, something might just help you. So that's the idea of this whole thing. Just spend on one thing before uh, we talk about water wipes. Um, you are, as I said, startup incubation, but we want to say today, this is for every type of business, whether you're a startup, whether you're a year or two into it, or you're somebody who has longevity. Yes. 
Definitely. Um, I mean, our companies are from, you know, single operators right up to, you know, 15-person companies. Do all, they all have issues. Uh, you never stop having issues and you always have to overcome them and you'll always need advice. So, uh, you know, having a good mentor, having a good uh, person that you can pick up the phone to, you know, whether it's in the chamber, whether it's another business person in the local community, it's critical if we really want to, I suppose, add value to companies in the region uh, and make sure that they can you know, grow their business, it's critical that we actually support each other. And we're, we're doing that, but I think we just want to shout about it a bit more. Yes, yes. Shona, just before we again go to Waterwaves, one more thing for you. You took over a business yourself and you manage a very successful business and it's, it, it's never easy to, to take over something and then drive it on and make it so successful. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that like what we've been talking about there would have been beneficial to you? Now, you've learned a lot yourself, I know. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but for sure, it would have been beneficial. Um, and I think one of the things that has worked for me in the past is I'm not afraid to ask questions or if I have something going wrong, I'm not afraid to go out and even speak to my competitors to see what works, what doesn't work, you know. Um, and I've never been afraid of that. There will always be a little bit you hold back because that's your own business intelligence. Um, but definitely, uh, had there been a local show like this, I would have been delighted to listen in and ask questions and send emails in for a few tidbits as well. Isn't that interesting? I would say avoid your co- uh, competitors like the plague. Don't go near no. them. Don't have anything to do with them. I've learned yeah. something myself already today go meet them go meet them for coffee engage with them we do it's powerful it really is and it's good to have um, it's good to keep your enemies close (laughs) you know as the old saying goes but we don't call them enemies somebody you know a very intelligent lady one time who was my mentor and a leader in a business I worked in actually encouraged me to go do it and I was shaking in my boots and it was one of the best things I ever did I went and Mm. met a competitor for coffee it was a bit awkward but it worked and we became friends over time and whilst you always hold a little bit back Mm. you can't share everything but you can actually help and support each other even competitors mm. can and actually you actually raise the standard of your industry by be, by working together and collaborating so and there's plenty of business to go around for everybody mm, so absolutely yeah, to not do that I think is quite small minded in this day and age as well because it's all about building sustainable futures now collaborating innovating together and really driving it forward for Ireland mm. and for this region we're particularly focused on this region today so Shona McManus with tip of the day on Let's Talk Business this afternoon. <laughs> Let's bring in uh, the business we're focusing on today and very successful they are, water wipes. And I know many people listening today, mums and dads, and if you've had babies and children in the last number of years, I'm sure you know all about water wipes. They're based in Drogheda. It all began here as well. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show today Aidan McKee. He's Chief Human Resources Officer with Irish uh, with Water Wipes. Aidan, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank Will you. you take us back? How, when, where did this begin? Who came up with the idea? Yeah, so first of all, thank you for, I'm delighted to be here today. Um, it's, a, it's a fairly unique one. So we, uh, we were, our, our current chairman and founder, uh, local man Edward McCluskey, um, took the product for, through a series of, of innovation and, and uh, research and development phases a number of years back when his own children were young. So it's from his own family. Very much. Eddie, very this much. Eddie said, I need something to help here. That's exactly it. So Isn't he, that brilliant? He, he, uh, he had one of his particular kids had a, a skin issue mm. um, and the, the standard products in the market were, were uh, I think, only really exasperating that issue. Um, so he he set about developing with some assistance from Trinity College and some local assistance um, the what we now what we now very successfully market is the world's purest baby wipes. So we are a ninety nine point nine percent 
uh, water-based product. Um, we compete in now from a local standpoint. To, we're now competing in a global in, in the global market, selling in almost fifty countries worldwide. So a, a very very uh, I think a, a, a an innovation in someone's mm. head, uh, I think a need, a product need, has very quickly turned into what is one of the region's best global success stories. Mm. So he he worked on this with experts in the field, and that took time, obviously, to develop something. Yeah. There were prototypes. You had to take it out and field trial it, so to speak, as well, yeah. to see, yeah. to get it right, ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in the initial stages, and, and actually up, still up until current day, we, we worked quite actively in, in the initial stages sorry, with, with Trinity College and the, the micro uh, team there, microbiology team. Um, one of those individuals, now a, a retired professor, still advises us, in fact, so on our, on our innovations, the, the, the next phases of our product development, our next innovations, the next big water wipe. So while we have a, a very, very successful now global product, we're also very aware of the fact that um, we are a technically a one product business at the moment. Yeah. And we're we're very actively working to to develop a range yeah. of products to to complement the initial brand. Eggs in the one basket comes to mind, doesn't it? And Correct. Obviously, Correct. you're not going to going to allow that happen. From when till now? When, when did the in, uh, initial idea come about? How long is Water Wipes there? So, just shy of ten years. So, we we technically we, we belong to to Irish Breeze, who have been in operation yes. since about 1993. Mm. Um, who still t- up until current day manufacture cotton and cotton wool based products. So, the the idea, I suppose, or the brainchild came from there. So, it was the next stage or the next innovation of of uh, of cotton wool and water with babies. Yes. So I think taking that to a a, a more practical application, um, the the business itself uh, started to market or launch or sell the products thereabouts of ten years ago now. So started um, literally from the boot of our chief executive's car around local local um, local pharmacies here really? in Drogheda. Really. Um, and we're now, you know, on a very, very different end of the scale, where we we supply to some of the world's largest retailers. Um, we're we're a huge uh, sales contributor to the Amazon business, so I'm obviously a global online platform. Um, and it's look, it's been a phenomenal success story for us. Water wipes, our first business feature on Let's Talk Business on LMFM's late lunch this Thursday afternoon. Aidan, can I come back to um, the early days when you mentioned that uh, Edward McCluskey, Eddie McCluskey, was out in his car, you know, going round selling, and, and it's amazing where it is today. What happened from there? You know what I mean? Did he take the Irish market to open it up first? Yeah, so the, the Irish market, um, I suppose as our, our home or our founder market, still remains to be a huge market for mm. us. In fact, our, our, our biggest contributor market in some respects. Um, from there, we then moved to the UK market. So I think that's the, for, for a lot of Irish businesses, that's, that's the natural export yes. opportunity. Um, from that point, we then moved into the US. So we have a very successful US business and an existing US office, a team of sales and marketing and, and some logistics professionals across there. From that point, we then uh, moved into the wider Europe, Middle East and Africa market. So as of last year, we opened a, sorry, early this year, we opened an office in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. So that houses our our hub for EMEA. Um, We have some people on the ground, so some sales forces on the ground in the Middle East, in Germany, um, and soon to be France. So we're we're relatively well down the road with Asia. So we have we have feet on the street, so to speak, in in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and most most recently China. You've signed a big deal in China. We did just this week, in fact. Um, so we've we've done a deal with with JD.com, who would be a, an Amazon equivalent 
type organization for the Asian, specifically the Chinese market. Um, so again, there's a there's a huge draw on what will be seen as premium products, premium Western products into the Asian market. So we, we've been welcomed with open, with open arms. Um, a lot of our insights, a lot of our, our market intelligence tells us very, very clearly that there is a huge both demand for our product and, and, mm. and the Western products generally. So huge opportunity for us there, um, but probably really just the tip of the iceberg of what yes. we're hoping to do in Asia. I know the way he says that, you think like it was just like going from here to there. And yeah. by God, I can only imagine the amount of work and effort and all that's involved when you're crossing borders, crossing continents, bringing yeah. something yeah. new in there as well. Here's the great story, though. You started with how many employees? Um, so the, our, our initial or our Irish Breeze Day, so thereabouts of 20 or maybe up to 25, including mm. some seasonal contractors. Uh, today, we are uh, in excess of 200 employees with, with uh, a number of, of planned recruits for next year. So look, there, there's no question that the, the talent in this area, the skill in this area, and, and I think the quality and the work ethic of the people in this area and the surrounding areas have been a key contributor to, to what the business have, have, has achieved. We have a, you know, we have a, in, in our CEO, Eddie, uh, or Edward, we, we have someone who genuinely sees the value in people. Um, you know, very, very actively promotes the value that people add to the business. Mm. So that that's a clear draw for us yeah. or, you know, in our position as, as trying to promote ourselves as an employer of choice for the area. So human resources and, and it's, it's your field as well. And, yeah. uh, you know, people. So important. That's people. another message today. You must look after the people that work. For we, you. we do. Look, we we have a very very active people agenda. So we, um, first of all, I think we have a very competitive offering in the local market. We we have a suite of fairly attractive benefits. We have a very active learning and development program mm-hmm. for people at all levels of the business. Uh, people at certain levels um, who we have in stretch roles or growth roles. We have specific coaching programs or coaching partners for. Um, but look, in very simple terms, the, the the business is only as good as the people that it's got managing it or running it or or helping us produce the product or pack the product. Without our people, we, look, we we have no product. Bottom line. <laughs> so the future is Future's really wipes. rosy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yet they've wiped the opposition. Can we say that? Or that's their plans to do. The future is wiped. I love it. You have all the speak as well. Very, very important. Um, you know, Sean, let's let's bring yourself and Brendan back in for a moment there because you're listening to uh, our first featured business and Aidan talking about it there. They're, they're a wonderful example, aren't they? Oh, absolutely, definitely. Um, like, and the, the the growth for me, what really stands out is um, the growth over the last, particularly in the last two to three years within Water Wipes, um, where their strategy to really go global, etc., has been phenomenal. Mm. Um, and some of the talent that's working within Water Wipes as well, and then what's on offer for employees as they join the company in terms of career opportunity, everything that Aidan just mentioned there, it's just a fantastic example of a really good story of a business that started and was innovated here in Drada and there are many of them but Water Wipes is a prime example of it um, that has gone from a seed of an idea right through to now being a multinational business with fantastic employment opportunities mm. and business opportunities for people it's a fantastic story I take it in the mill there are a few more potentials well look at this is a phenomenal <laughs> story Brendan but you uh, Aidan, Aidan makes it sound easy yeah, it's not yeah. quite that easy <laughs> yeah. do you mind Jerry, if I ask Aidan a question yes quick question just you were talking about all the different countries that you're in. Have you had any difference between using agents or distributors? Um, you mentioned, I think, that you employ people, you know, in the sales team. What has been best or what has worked? Is there any countries or what has been the best model from a sales perspective? 
Um, it, uh, I would say it varies from region to region, country to country. So we have a, a mix or a blend of, of how we actually bring the product or get the product to the consumer. So, so our business here in Ireland and largely the UK, for example, is direct to retailer. So our, our, our relationships will be directly with uh, you know, the Duns, the Musgraves, Tesco's, Waitrose, etc. In our Middle Eastern market, for example, we have a, a, a broker network or a, a distributor network. So in effect, they're a middleman for us. So they're the customer but they still use most of our marketing material to the end user, to the end consumer. So, so the message is consistent. So we have a, you know, we, we have a global tone of voice, global messaging, et cetera. Um, so look, I think it, it depends market to market, region to region. Um, the U.S. is slightly different again. It's, it's, it's quite like a distributor network, but it's a broker network, so slightly different, more specific to the U.S. But again, very much use our marketing material, um, follow our tone of voice. Uh, you know, so, so what the marketing directive set here in Ireland is, is very much delivered the same in the U.S. versus the UAE versus Germany, etc. Good. Interesting, isn't it? You know, horses for courses and tapering it and rocking and rolling where you need to across different borders and different countries as well. Well, listen, thank you for joining us today. Delighted to feature you first on Let's Talk Business on Late Launch. Continued success to uh, Eddie and everybody in Waterwipes. It's a great story and delighted you joined us this afternoon Shona just before we finish you want to get a little plug in oh I do Jerry. please otherwise Irene in the chamber is, is not going to be happy with me but we we have our business excellence awards um, which is the Drogheda and District Chamber business excellence awards they're happening on the 24th of November in the City North Hotel um, so we're the, the tickets are on sale right now it's going to be a fantastic night and of course it's going to be hosted by your good self Jerry, in the night which makes it even better thanks um, a <laughs> so pressure, if anybody <laughs> no pressure um, but if anybody is interested in buying tickets, now is the time to get them to secure your seat. And the number for the office is 04198 um, to contact the Chamber Office to buy your tickets. Thank you very much indeed. If you're interested in being featured on Let's Talk Business and you're in Loud or Meath, we want to hear from you. Give us a shout, 1850-715-958 or 086-1800-658 by text or WhatsApp. For the moment, Shona McManus... Brendan Casey and Aidan McKee from Waterwipes. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. National Apprentice Week and every day this week at this time on Late Lunch we are focusing on apprenticeships and today it's motor mechanics. I'm delighted to welcome to the show David Maguire. He's a motor mechanics instructor at Diffie. Uh, Connor Whelan's here. He's a motor mechanics instructor at the Regional Skills and Training Centre and Graeme Culligan is with us. He's a motor mechanic apprentice graduate. He's graduating next Friday and he's with Smiths of Drogheda. You're all very welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me. David, if I could begin with yourself at Diffie. Now, what course does Diffie offer in this area? This is one of, um, Jerry. this is one of 40, 40 courses that Diffie offer. Now, some lead directly to employment, some lead to higher education and some lead to a choice of both. Okay. And, and when in the year does this particular course begin? Now, it's an academic year starting in September and finishing in June of the following year. Who can apply? Um, now, applicants are invited from those who have completed a leaving certificate or mature students over 23 um, who want to return back to education. And what's the best time to get your application in? Now, applications are accepted from the 1st of January. Um, there's interviews 
everyone will receive an interview either in March or May and then there's another round of interviews in August um, when the Leaving Cert results come out. So where does this set you on the path to qualifying as a motor mechanic? So it can lead into apprenticeship like Graham has succeeded in, um, options for mechanical engineering or electronic engineering and DKIT. Um, some other learners get work in the industry in spare parts or in motor factors or any of that area. Mm. So there's plenty of opportunity across the motor trade. What would a week be like on your course? What does it involve? Okay, so the learner would have two days in Diffie where they do, in Drada Institute, where they do their theory, the health and safety, there's electronics modules and all that. Um, then there are two days in the shared facility in the dock, courtesy of Ray Murphy and Alma, where we share share a joint facility, state-of-the-art facility. Um, so they learn, they have all the top diagnostic equipment there, the NTT test lanes, there's practice vehicles and display and simulation units. Um, so they do two days there and then they one day in industry in a local garage or a local um, enterprise. Okay, so it's a nice varied week and there's a lot of different things going on, honing your skills in the different in the different areas. Um, the link with local business is obvious. Yes, there are links with local businesses. Um, yes, like we're in touch with a lot of the local um, motor uh, service managers, the workshop floormen, and um, you know they ring us regularly looking for good apprentices or guys that are interested, and we can send them in on experience on a block term. And financial support. We've been talking about this all week. Uh, you're, you're paid as you learn. Um, students can um, apply for Susie Grant. Or if it's a mature student, um, they'll get social welfare payments or back-to-school education allowance. So they'll not be at a financial... That's good to hear. Class. And as you go through, is it an end exam? Is there a assessment as you go? What way does it work? Um, really, every week, it's an assignment-based. So every week, they'll have an assignment or two. Um, at the end of the year, then, they'll have theory exams, which will judge distinctions, merits, and the final output. You know. OK, and I take it equipment and tools and everything like that is supplied. Diffie and... DTB courtesy to them they, they supply all the tools everything is there for everybody supplied. interesting interesting. that's at Diffie Draw the Institute of Further Education let me bring in from the Regional Skills and Training Centre Connor Whelan Connor thank you very much for joining us on the show thank you just call it for me what is a motor mechanic apprenticeship so a motor mechanic apprenticeship is an exciting and proven way for apprentices to develop talent and skills for their industry over a four-year training programme. Plus, the bonus of choosing an apprenticeship is the apprentices earn while they learn valuable work skills and contacts. And uh, how do you begin? How do you get in on this in the first place? I know we heard a mo- moment ago what David said. Is it similar with you in, in, in applying same time frame, etc.? Um, no, you can join an apprenticeship at any time. So okay. basically all you need is to get a job with a uh, approved garage and get registered on the um, Solus. Okay, and, and that again, I just want to come back to this. I have a couple of times this week. Getting that job with a garage, is it up to the person themselves to go to the garage and look for it? Yes, yes. Okay, so, so you have to make the first move yeah. yourself. So you need to get what you would tell me years ago, a sponsor, somebody to, to take you on board and say, yes, you can work with us and we'll put you forward for the apprenticeship. Yes, exactly. Okay, um, four years? Yeah, so it's a four-year programme. Um, it's broken up into seven phases. Um, phases one, three, five and seven are known as the on-the-job training. Um, so basically you're in the garage, on the tools, working underneath a qualified mechanic. Um, for the phase two, four and six, these are known as the off-the-job training. So for phase two, you're in a regional skills and training centre for 20 weeks. Mm. For phase four and six, you spend 10 weeks in an institute of technology. 
Okay, so that uh, runs alongside and part and parcel of of the time there as well. Yes. Exams? Is it exams with you, or do you have assessments as well? Yes. So for phase two, um, exams are carried out on a continuous assessment basis. Um, so we have eight practical exams and three theory exams over the twenty weeks. Hmm. Practical is good for fellows who like mechanics, is it? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, they, they prefer get, that, would they? <laughs> you tend to get a good mixture. Some fellows would be uh, smarter with the hands. Yes. And yeah, but you have to do the theory and, and the things as well. And what about when those off-the-job phases there? Is there exams in those? Yeah, so they have tasks they have to complete. So they're qualified mechanic, they're working underneath, will have certain jobs, they'll have to put the apprenticeship mm. apprentice through, and then they'll sign off on those jobs. Okay, and at the end you are what? You're... Um, qualification. So at the end of the apprenticeship, you finish up with a QQI level six qualification as a qualified motor mechanic. Okay, and you can take that anywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, is it internationally recognised? Yes. Yeah, so this qualification is recognised worldwide. It's highly sought after, as the Irish apprenticeship system is considered one of the highest standards in the world. It certainly is, and yeah. we know that, and we can stand proud and say that about it uh, as well. Let's bring Graham Culligan into the conversation from uh, Smiths of Drogheda, main four dealers, and you all know in late lunchland what I drive. I drive a Focus myself. Hey, I'll tell you what, Graeme, I love the old Focus. <laughs> Thanks very much. It's a lovely, lovely car, I have to say. And may I say, before we begin, congratulations to you. You are fully qualified this week, yes? Uh, a couple of months back there, and graduation's next week. Yeah. Okay, so it's the so, grad that's coming up. Oh, so you have your stripes? Yeah. All done and done. A couple of months now, yeah. <laughs> tell us about you. What got you into this? Why did you choose this particular apprenticeship? Uh, since I can remember, it's always been cars. Has it? Yeah, I love cars, but it's more how they function than I like, than driving them. Okay. So it's always been an interest of mine to get into cars. As soon as I started driving a 17, it was just, had to be cars. And did you lift the bonnet and start looking round and seeing what's what? I think my own car at 17 broke, and I took it upon myself to try fix it. Okay. And then I just progressed from there. Mm. I haven't stopped fixing them either. And... In school, how far did you do your leaving cert? I, uh, I, done, I finished my leaving cert, yeah. And then I went on to do a year in Diffie under Dave. Okay. And then proceeded to get uh, receive my apprenticeship and then work up the ranks. Mm. You heard Dave talking there about Diffie. You enjoyed the year? That you, was it an important year in getting you? Uh, hel- it did help me out a lot. Okay. Like, it does give you the groundwork. Yes. Of understanding the garage, health and safety, communications. Mm. Gives you it gives you all the above so it does. So did you hightail it up the Smiths on the North Road and say, "Excuse me, Nicky, is there an opportunity here for me? How did you get into Smiths?" Um, I started my apprenticeship with a main dealer in Dublin. Okay. And then, thanks to my brother, works in Smiths as well. Okay. Uh, I got offered through there. I got offered to move my apprenticeship to local because I am I am from Drogheda. Okay. And I don't. It's the best move I've ever made. How long were you in Dublin? Uh, two years. And right. then I'm in Smith's just over three now, I think. Okay, so you've had a good view of, of another garage and, and, and now in the main Ford dealer as well. How did you find the four years? Uh, you know, was it interesting? Was your time full? Was it challenging? Yeah, no, it, it is. Like when, when you have a great like sense of uh, achievement after you do each phase and... Uh, it's just, it is brilliant. Like mm. Now, years ago, mechanics were mechanics. You know what I mean? It was rudimentary. It was mechanical entirely. 
there's a lot of computers in your game now. Yeah, it is a lot. It is very computer based now, so it is. But like cars are changing every day, so mm. they are. But and social training, so you're, you, every day it is a school day. Mm. But it is a lot of computer based diagnostics now, so it is. And learning that and how to you know operate the diagnostic the diagnostics on the computer that a key part of of your training oh yeah that would be a big big part of it so it would and you are taught that right through your phases so they, are, mm. they, they have brought because it is computer based now cares so yes they have brought that into the training so we know there's a new focus just been launched see i'm using my inside knowledge here <laughs> so does that mean then that for you there's a new phase of learning then you know when a new car comes with yeah all newfangled stuff on it, yeah. so that changes, does it? I'm uh, I'm grateful that Smiths do help me out a lot, so they do, and I've only completed the new Ford Focus training on Tuesday there. Okay. So they do like when a new product is introduced to mm. Ford, we are sent away to learn about this new product. Yes. So they like they do help me out a lot mm. there. So so that's constantly evolving. There's yeah, constantly, constantly training, new yeah. challenges, more learning, all that type of stuff as well. Um. What would you say to somebody today who might be considering this? You know, if you're somebody listening today, family member or somebody who actually says, you know, that's something I might like to do. Why, what, why recommend it to them? What's great about what you do? Well, no, day, no day is the same. Every every single day is different, so it is. And if like you like the hands-on work and you like the computer-based side of work, it really is the thing for you then. Mm. So. Are you with Smiths now for the foreseeable future now that you've qualified? Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. As long as they have me. <laughs> <laughs> They're a very loyal gang up there. Yeah. They know that. And there's a lot of people up there who are with them an awful long time. And it is the strength of a business where you have that loyalty and knowledge and commitment as well. And certainly uh, Nikki and the crew up there have it. So you'd highly recommend this, yes? Uh, yeah, really couldn't, couldn't recommend it. When you two guys, David and Connor, listen to this for a talk, and, and he's waxing lyrical, uh, Dave, uh, uh, about the uh, apprenticeship he's just completed, it must be nice to hear that from somebody who's come through your systems, yes? Yeah, it's nice to hear um, where, where the possibilities can go. And even beyond that, like, um, Graham currently qualified, but some of our past students have gone on and Two, two local men are currently lecturers in DKIT. They went through the system a few years ago and, you know, the opportunities are there when you really want to put in the effort. Yeah, so know. there is really further progression uh, uh, there uh, as an option if somebody actually wants to do it. Mm-hmm. For, for, for you who are teachers and, you know, they come into you and you take them through again, what I said a moment ago there uh, to uh, Graham, it's always evolving, always changing. So you guys have to be on your toes as well, Yes. It's always changing with the, the future of electric cars coming through and autonomous driving and all these new designs and concepts. Like this, it's it's very exciting and the future is very you know even one of electric hoverboards. God knows what we're going to have in the next few years. Yes. You know what I mean? That's that's based that we've all the background knowledge to, and people like Graham walking in our shoes in the next few years. Please God. Yeah. What about uh, that one to you, Connor? You know the changes that are coming and we're going to see electric cars. What's your gut feeling in the business? Is it eventually going to take off? Will diesel and petrol diminish? Yeah. Um, well, it's actually quite interested in this topic myself. Um, at the moment, there's a few issues with the electric vehicles between the electrical grid not being able to give the demand, then yes. the whole. Um, getting the EVs and yes. ranges. And the range like is the so, thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. there is still a lot of creases to iron out before we see a full introduction yeah. of EVs. But I just personally, I think if they get the range and the batteries can be, you know, 
uh, reduced substantially in, in size, I think then you're really going to see a big change. Oh, and that will be so, a, yeah. a big change for all of you. Anyway, thank you for joining me on the show today to talk about uh, the motor mechanic apprenticeship. I really enjoyed our conversation. To David Maguire, Connor Whelan and Graeme Culligan, thank you all very much. And congratulations again, uh, Graeme, on your uh, recent qualification and enjoyed the graduation as well. Let me tell you who's won the tickets to Michael English. The question was... What's the Irish for English? It's Berla, of course. Yes, Berla is the answer we were looking for. And we got loads and loads of correct answers and those pair of tickets for Michael English going today to Natasha Trainer. Well done to you. Congratulations. We'll be in touch. That's it on Late Lunch for Thursday. See you for the final show of the week tomorrow, Friday. Have one. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>